98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfen down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. Right, we are back here at the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center. It's time for all of today's top stories in one place. Wolf and down your lunch. Aaron Maloney is here. Aaron? So the Cardinals' comeback attempt fell short in a 20-17 loss to the Eagles yesterday after kicker Matt Amendola missed a field goal that would have sent the game to OT. So our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com, and it asks, did the Cardinals' close game against the Eagles, the NFL's last unbeaten team, instill any more hope for the rest of the season? So your choice is, yes, team looks much more competitive, Indifferent, need to be 3-3 three and three for when DeAndre Hopkins returns, or no, they lost the game. <laughs> I'm going to go with the, I don't know if indifferent's the word I would choose, but I'm just going to go with the, you need to be 3-3 three and three for when DeAndre Hopkins returns. And I will say that with the caveat of I hate putting that much stock in one player that isn't like a franchise quarterback on an NFL team. But um, it appears they're doing that, so that's going to be my answer. Yeah, for me, can I just say right now, I don't know if I'm answering the question, but I will tell you the Eagles are a good team, and there's no shame in losing to them. But the Cardinals never had the lead as well, and you got to remember that. And when it mattered the most, even the defense that played so well, even the defense, when the Cardinals tied it up 17-17, speaking of 17, the Eagles went on a 17-play, 70-yard drive and took almost eight minutes off the clock to kick that game-winning, eventually, was a game-winning field goal. So, yeah, that about says it. So 50% of our audience said no, they lost the game. 29% say they're indifferent, need to be 3-3 three and three for when DeAndre Hopkins returns. And then 21% say yes, the team looks much more competitive. We talked about it, though. After the game, it became clear the Cardinals believed they had a first down on Kyler Murray's run, leading to the spike on third down. What did you guys think of the end-of-game scenario for the Cardinals? Uh, I think... A lot of things went wrong, and most of them were self-inflicted. The Jalen Thompson injury making the stop on third down hurts because this was not an example of them burning timeouts all half because they couldn't get the plays in. They actually managed the timeouts right in the second half of the game yesterday. Had to burn that last one because Thompson got hurt, and it absolutely came back to bite them. Um, when Kyler first makes that slide, I could see how it looks like he, he gets the first down. I almost said like he's safe. Yeah, <laughs> He's not actually right. playing baseball. I could see how it looked like he got the first down, but he didn't, and somebody on the sidelines needed to be aware of that if he wasn't. Just a series of unfortunate events, and I understand how they happen. Yet at the same time, as a football player, you're never, ever going to accept it. You're never going to accept it. You're going to be accountable, and you're going to say, I can't slide there. I have to go ahead and go head first. I have to dive. I have to get this first down. You're never going to accept it. Yes, I do. I get it. I understand why. Kyler thought he had the first down. He slid. Okay, great. Got up, spiked the ball. Makes sense. It's a smart thing to do. Get up and spike the ball after you got a first down. 
you got to make sure they're moving the chains. You got to make sure that they're telling you, yes, it is a first down. You have to make sure. And I know every second is ticking off right there. But you got to be accountable first and foremost. And I hope that he's being that. Backup quarterback Trenton Borgay came on for the injured Emory Jones and led ASU to a 45-38 upset win over number 21 Washington on Saturday afternoon. What did you guys see from the Devils? That was, look, that was fun, at least. Putting up 45 against the Huskies. Continuing to beat the Huskies in, uh, in Tempe. for It was this 21. I know they don't play there every year, but you basically play them there every other year. And it's been 21 years since the last time the Huskies, who, by the way, looked really good coming into that game, have won in Tempe. And um, I'll take a quarterback controversy right now. They are a team that needed a spark on offense. Yeah, you know what? Uh, they got a bye coming up right now. Um, I'm sure they're going to have a open competition for the quarterback. Why wouldn't you? Um, Trenton, and I'm sure he doesn't mind being called Trent, correct? Borgay got that right. But I, there's I mean, do you no. Do for Ronald or Ron? Uh, <laughs> Wolf, as a matter of fact. I've never heard you called Ronald. But can I just say right now that um, I'm going forward with Trent Borgay as my quarterback. I'll have that competition. I'll open it up, yeah. But I'm going forward with him based on how he played. And we'll end it here, guys. The Atlanta Hawks have been in contact with the Phoenix Suns in the recent weeks and months regarding the trade availability of Suns forward Jay Crowder. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it's we. What did we talk a couple weeks ago, Wolf? Is there any chance he would stick around? And we put it at like maybe two percent. I mean, it certainly sounds like he's long gone. And if there are teams that are interested and willing to give them even close to fair value, then he definitely is gone. They do have a lot of injuries right now for their preseason game yeah. that's coming up. Uh, not that you would play Jay Crowder in that game, but if any of these injuries were lingering over into the season, they could use either Jay Crowder or something they get for Jay Crowder. I don't think they can just have him sitting around not playing. Yeah, no, I think, honestly, they probably would like to use Jay Crowder. And because of that, um, a playoff-caliber team like the Hawks, I think, actually would be interested in Jay Crowder. So that makes a lot of sense to me. All right, that was Wolfing Down Your Lunch. Thank you, Aaron. We are giving you the chance chance to win tickets to see undefeated international superstar Jake Policy takes legendary UFC champion Anderson Silva at Desert Diamond Arena on Saturday, October 29th. Head to contest page on ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win. When we come back, losing at home, slow starts. Why does this keep happening with the Arizona Cardinals? Paul Calvisi will join us next and maybe he'll have answers. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. Love you, bro. Love you. Big Red Monday and Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. All right, we demand answers. So Paul Calvisi is here. We're going to ask you a bunch of unanswerable questions, and uh, and then Wolf's probably going to make fun of you, and then we're going to say thanks, and that's going to be that. Well, you guys saved Eno Benjamin, who's meeting the media right now, because I was about to ask him. I was about to be that guy. So, Eno, as the emergency kicker, would you have made a 43-yard field goal? <laughs> 
Hashtag too soon. Is uh, okay. is Eno is Eno <laughs> like the cool. official like uh, he just he does every press conference now? I mean, I love to I, see this for Eno, but it feels uh, like every time they talk, know. he's out there. We had him on the post game radio uh, afterwards, but I guess he did not meet the media in the locker room. Hence, uh, he is out there. But uh, I was just telling you guys, Antonio Hamilton, Cardinals cornerback, just met the media for almost a half hour describing the freak accident, the kitchen grease fire, and that is a gripping account. Uh, it is uh, that was a serious, serious situation, and he gave multiple uh, platitudes and props to his wife, as he should, for everything she went through and enduring and helping him recover. And originally, it was a two- to three-month timetable to return. He did it in about a month or so, yeah, a month to six weeks. And so, um, anyway, yeah, that's uh, when you get a chance a little bit later, go through his account, and uh, it, you realize just the seriousness of the situation. What's, I mean, what's the one story, Paul, you can relay well, that, you know, you, stands out to you? So, he was preparing shrimp, and he put some grease in a pan, something he says he's done hundreds and hundreds of times. Freak accident. Next thing he knew, he had a serious kitchen fire, grease fire going. Two young daughters, infant oh. daughters, telling them to get out of the family room kitchen area. His wife's at home. He's trying to get the pot out the back door. Oh, no. It splashes up in his face, burns his face. He then oh. drops the pot. Hence the foot injuries, the second and third degree burns to his feet because the grease splashes all over his feet. Uh, he goes into the ER and the burn unit, and um, they weren't exactly sure. They, if you have third degree burns, then you need skin grafts, and you might not ever play again. And uh, he couldn't get to the bathroom. His wife had to help him. Seven and a half months pregnant. Oh my She had to goodness. clean his burn wounds. I told you guys, my wife was an RN. My mom was an RN for 30 years, and she couldn't handle the burn unit. She'd work emergency room all day. Couldn't handle the burn unit. So that's Whoa. some serious stuff. And now, uh, yeah, so now they're expecting their third. And uh, yeah, just, just how grateful he is for another chance. Just lit- Not just to be on a football field. He said, just to put my feet on the ground again, I yeah. give thanks. Well, and he played. He, got, he was out there for 16 snaps yesterday. We talked to him on the show in what, what was that? That was like mid, late mid August. Yes. And he, and you know, obviously before all that, he was just grateful to be. He was going to make the team, so I can only imagine how how grateful he is now. I, I wanted to ask him. AJ Brown had three catches on the first drive, and then got one target the rest of the game. Like, what'd you guys do as a secondary against AJ Brown? That was pretty effective. Devonte Smith, the Slim Reaper, uh, he was productive at times, but they did a pretty good job against AJ Brown. Everything considered, Dallas Goddard, that was an issue yesterday. Hey, just overall, Paulie, you give up twenty points to that team once True. again. They, yeah. The Eagles. This is a team that can run it. They have a dual threat quarterback if ever there was a dual threat quarterback this is a team that can throw it Jalen Hurts has progressed so much as a guy that makes good decisions in the pocket let alone on the run. That Philly offense is what the Cardinals offense could look like, right? It's what it looked like around this time last year. Yeah. And you know what? Since everybody steals everything from everyone else in the league, I would definitely steal the third and one, fourth and one philosophy. Where we're going to break the hurdle really quick, and we're going to run up to the line of scrimmage, and all of a sudden we're going to snap this ball before you're really set, and then boom, we're going to get the two running backs behind our quarterback, and we say, shove our way in. And you know what? The officials can't really tell where the ball is. So by the time they get to the pile and they start peeling guys off the pile, guess what? You're squirming ahead a little bit farther, and all of a sudden you might not have picked up the first down or the touchdown, but the rest don't know that until they actually get guys off the pile, and boom, you're successful. The first I two would times. steal that immediately. The first two times they ran it, they caught the Cardinals kind of napping yep. on that. They Absolutely. were not ready. Yes. Guys were standing up yep. as they were on the ball. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Paul had to do it as well. I like that better than a jet sweep to Rondale Moore on fourth and inches. That's just my vote. I know it yeah. doesn't count yet, but... 
but uh, but that would be my vote. I mean, when you're six inches to a yard away from a first down or pay dirt, uh, yeah, I'm with you, Luke. I, I don't need to be four or five yards deep in the shotgun. I don't remember the exact uh, lesson from math class, but isn't it the shortest distance between two points is a straight line, yeah. not a jet sweep? So, they, um, he had seven quarterback sneaks, if I counted them correctly, and they were all critical. I think he was 100%. Did, did they ever fail? The only time he failed, and really it wasn't a quarterback sneak, is when he slipped. He slipped. He got on his face. He slipped, and they credited Marco Wilson with a tackle. Otherwise, when it was third and short, yeah, that fourth and short, sneak, though, and they right? did no, was that, just, wasn't, that wasn't that was. I'm just saying the only time it was. It was third and fourth and short, and yeah. they weren't successful. Right. Is when he got outside the pocket and yep. slipped. That was about it. You know, him and his that six hundred pound squat. You know, he's 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 a tough tackle. He really is. What uh, we were talking about this before the show, and even during the show, it feels. Look, you lose to the Eagles. They're the only undefeated team. You lose to them by three. It's not the end of the world. Most teams are losing to the Eagles. In fact, all of them are. But the feeling. And I know it's this way with fans, but it almost felt like this with the team, too, Paul, with, with Kyler Murray coming out to talk to the media yesterday, an hour later, still in, in, in full gear. Do you get a sense that there's a different feeling after this loss than there have been after some of the previous ones? I was just educating Craig Grealow on this uh, topic right oh, here. Man. <laughs> you can lose a game, and there can either be apathy or anger. And this is the most anger I've seen in a while. Definitely more anger than I saw after some of the losses at the end of last season, where I think the Cardinals still thought they were in really good shape. Hey, we started 10-2. and two. We didn't absolutely need that game. Okay. There was, there was some really raw emotions after that game in that locker room. It was palpable. It was visceral. I mean, it was... Um, Man. It really was. So I'm loving the fact I'm hearing this, Paul, because I can't, can I tell you, I'm angry yeah, today. Yeah, because feels the same way. Yeah. I've had the worst day. Just really angry. Um, It it was visible, Wolf. It was visible. Guys were just angry. It wasn't just another out of 17. And and I think it was how it happened. Um, It's the fact they don't have answers for the slow starts. They don't have answers for the home losing streak, the most consecutive losses at home since the late 50s. I think they're sick of fielding those questions. They were angry with themselves for not getting off to a better start or doing something about it. The ability to knock off the only undefeated team in the league, that obviously would have gone a long way. The opportunity and yeah. falling short of the opportunity, yeah. Paul, of not only coming back again. Think about this. This is the one thing I... Kyler Murray's brought this team back three times now. Three times. In five games, Paul. Three times in the second half. You won two of those. Okay? This one, I... I've, this one I wanted really, really badly to come back and actually complete the deal. Brought him back, tied it up 17-17. Then they went down almost an eight-minute drive down the field, kicked the field goal, what eventually was the game-winning field goal. And then you had a minute and 45, and Kyler still got the team down the field and had the opportunity to hit a 43-yard field goal to go into overtime. Yeah, for all the chaos and, at the very end. They went from the 25 to the 25. Yes. They moved it down the field. So what's happening there that's not happening in the beginning of the games? Is it just strictly the urgency it of the seems moment? It like desperation, right? It does. At this point, you would be desperate at the start of the game, I would think. You if if for be. no other reason than Polly just said, they're probably sick of answering questions about why you can't start fast. Right. I mean, geez, you're the only team in the NFL without a point in the first quarter for like the third straight week. So, yeah, they're <laughs> sick and tired the of hearing it. the first quarter, then. At, at the same time, can I just throw this out there? No. On Kyler. Thanks for asking. The whole deep shot accuracy that he struggled with somewhat this year. He missed Hollywood Brown against the Rams deep. Yes. Missed Zach Ertz, obviously. 
yesterday. Yes. Um, you know, in terms of his completion percentage overall right now, it's his worst start to a season since his rookie year. They're 31st in yards per passing attempt. Does this all get better automatically with the return of DeAndre Hopkins? Because one thing we have known about Kyler Murray, he has thrown maybe the most accurate deep ball in his NFL career. And yeah. it just isn't there. As Underthrew frequent. Hollywood Brown yes. on the post yes. yesterday, so, right, for the pick. I don't know. When it comes to Kyler, yeah, there was a lot of good, but there's also some stuff which might have contributed to just how frustrated he was after the game. You know, these are throws that he has routinely made that he can expect himself to make. He's proven in this regard, and, and I don't know whether it's the mechanics, the footwork, whatever it is, uh, it hasn't been there as often as he would like, obviously. Yeah, and the slow start, um, you know, again, it's he's right in the middle of that. I think yep. Kyler yep. has played the most consistently that of any of the players on the offensive side of the ball. I think Kyler, when you look at all five games in its totality, I think he's been the most consistent player okay. uh, on the offense. Yep. That's me. Okay. But having said that, it doesn't mean that he's starting quickly right. in games. And what does he do at the end of the game? You just described he's been running the ball more at the end of the game, which we don't see at the beginning of the game. He didn't run until yeah. what? Midway through the third quarter. Right. Pulled right. it down and ran. So, once again, there are no answers for these slow starts. But Calvisi Consulting, the Pauly Pigskin oh, no. Division, I have a couple of theories here. Thanks for asking, Luke. Yes. Number one. I was going to. Number one, uh, I would just break tendencies for the sake of breaking tendencies. Anything that you typically do, do the complete opposite. Whether you want to call it the Costanza, whatever. It's, it's the do Seinfeld the opposite. Rule, yeah. Whatever. We were talking honestly, about this earlier. Honestly, just break all your own tendencies. Forget about Seattle. You know Seattle. You always win in Seattle. Whatever. You know Pete Carroll. Spend time self-scouting this week and do the opposite. Break every single tendency you can. And then number two, I only say this half seriously, but to summary, the only way to truly motivate, if you're if you're just thoroughly out of answers and what to do as a head coach, in basketball, if you don't like what your starters are giving you at the beginning of the game, you replace all five. I'd throw out a whole bunch of different starters for this Seattle game. Greg Dortch? I just I, want to see Greg Dortch Honestly, again. new receivers, different running backs, although he might be a little light in running backs this week. Yeah, Bob. Uh, honestly, I just start getting out. You're, there's a, there's limitations. Ball? There's limitations. You only have one franchise left tackle. I get it. But somehow, maybe on defense, somehow, some way, send a message that, okay, if you guys can't start a game the way we like, we'll get new starters. Get yeah. some different personnel out I there. don't like that idea, Paul. I'm just telling <laughs> you, tell you by right the look now. in his eyes okay, he didn't Paulie, like that idea. No, that's good. Maybe I, have I, the defense I, play I love the I love the spirit behind what you're saying, Paul. I'm I do. searching. I, I, I'm I, looking for anything. I, you are looking for anything, and that's part of why I'm so angry today. It's the frustration of it all. What is the answer, Paul? All right, Paul? well, Command yeah. Control's angry because we're really late to yeah. break. Paul, well, thank you for Wolf's the Wolf's got bigger problems, Paul, too. It's Columbus Day, and I don't see stories. a gift for yours truly. The guy whose last name ends in an I, it's Columbus Day. Oh, Where's my gift? It's parked out front. It's it's actually nicer than oh, Trenton Borgay's new car. So really? all set up, yeah. Okay, yeah. Thanks, I'll take a car that ends in an I, a Lamborghini, Paul. a Ferrari, yeah, okay, that's, a Maserati. I think it's a, it's a tortellini, actually. Okay. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 626 right now. Yeah, I don't know if it's that. All right, we come back. The offense was supposed to be this team's identity. Why isn't it? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Here we go! Quick! Yeah! Big Red Monday and Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Let's go! Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! 
All right, thanks to Paul Calvisi who joined us last segment. Wolf, I can tell you're not in a great mood because you weren't even mean to Paul. You let him come in here. You said a couple things, but for the most part, you were very civil with Paul, which worries me. Yeah, you know, I think Paulie's got enough problems. I think Paulie knows that. <laughs> he doesn't need anyone else to pile on him this morning. It's more He's like got it. enough problems. Okay, that's good. Um, so Paulie just joined us. Cliff Kingsbury is going to join us in about an hour for his uh, his exclusive weekly one-on-one that we always have with the Cardinals head coach on Big Red Mondays. And this is a Big Red Monday, Wolf. Although it doesn't feel like a happy Big Red Monday because of the loss. And I think even more than the loss, I mean, winning the game would obviously change everybody's feeling, but is the fact that the offense just cannot get going, and we are now five games into the season. It can't get going. It really didn't... It, 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 I'm trying to figure out the last time the offense had a game that we felt good about, and I'm obviously going back into last year, and... 33-22 win over the Bears in Chicago when James wow. Conner made that spinning catch. And they were 10-2 and two at that point in time. Yep. 10-2. It's the last time the off. I mean, since then, they've uh, they've lost to the Rams a couple times. They put up 12 against Detroit, which is the one I still can't and that was, past. But the, the Chicago game, that was coming out of the bye. That was coming out of the bye. Remember that? Yep. Coming out of the bye, Luke. And all of a sudden, it was like, oh, boy, Cliff, he hasn't done well coming out of the bye, right? Yep. The team hasn't played Put well. a lot of emphasis on, uh, emphasis on playing better coming out of the bye, And now, all of a sudden, you're playing away, and you're up there, and it's going to be a bad weather game in Chicago, and there was a little drizzle. And suddenly they came out and they hammered the Chicago Bears and 10 and 2 on the season. And everyone was like, this team is different. And there, from that point, it went down. Their point totals in games since that day 23, 12, 16, 25, uh, 30, and a 38 30 loss to the Seahawks. 11. Those are all their, that's how they closed out last year. And then this year, 21, 29, 12, 26, and 17. This is a team, Wolf, that for the first half of last season was averaging over 30 points a game, and now they can't even hit 30 points in a game. Yeah, it's so difficult right now to watch this team struggle. Um, All I know is this. You have your defense go out and they give up 20 points. You ought to win the game. I think most people would tell you that. I think all fans, for the most part, feel that way. You've got an offense that was prolific at one point last year in the first 12 weeks of the season. And for whatever reason, it just has not been able to find itself. Um, Your defense went out against the Rams and gave up 20 points. And now the Eagles at home and gave up 20 points. Somehow, someway, your offense should have been able to score 21 and you win those games but you were not able to do that and you lost them and I think that's one of the reasons why I am so out of sorts I think you you hit the nail on the head earlier when Paul was in here it's a missed opportunity because that was my thought coming out of the Rams game for all the talk of other playing the Rams and for me going into the Rams game Wolf I saw a team that embarrassed in the Cardinals at the end of last season and looked like they had them figured out. So of these first six games where everybody's panicking, oh, they don't have DeAndre Hopkins, that was the one where I was like, that's the one they're not going to win. Until I see something to make me believe otherwise, I'm going to assume losses against the Rams. And yet, coming out of that game, that was my first thought of they could have won that game. <laughs> they had how many drives that were extended drives that they ended in field goals? Yeah. They could have beat the Rams. 
it's the same thing today. I didn't I didn't have that sort of concern going up against Philly, even though they're undefeated. I thought the Cardinals were going to be able to pull this off, and especially in the second half, I thought they'd be able to pull it off yesterday because as bad as they are in the first quarter, they were plus 36 in the fourth quarter going into yesterday. So if, you, if you're close late in the games, they tend to have a chance, but the way this game wound down in those final two minutes is a problem, and it's a problem that was created because they're not doing anything to start the game's offensively. Yeah, and that's, that's once again what is really getting me here, just the fact the offense, which I consider to be the strength of this team coming into this season, and I still believe, still believe at some point, maybe it's next week, maybe it's the week after that when D-Hop comes back, I don't know, at some point in time, we'll prove they're the strength of this team going forward. Now, again, I, I I don't need to see that. If the defense keeps balling out and is the strength of this team, that's fine. But we need to see more consistency out of the offense, man. They've got way too much talent on the offensive side of the ball, in particular when D-Hop actually comes back. Don't tell me that you're struggling to score 17 points again. I don't want to see that. No. This, this, the way this team is constructed... They, if they're going to lose games, those losses should be 31 to 28, 34 to 31. This team is constructed, and you've pointed this out in the past, maybe to a fault. They are constructed in a way where it is the new age, maybe too heavy new age football of, hey, let's win 34 31, let's win 38 34. Well, your defense, and I hope this isn't a missed opportunity with the defense and they start to regress at some point. Hopefully, this just is what they are, and we all underrated the defense. But your defense has given you a chance to win four straight games. As much as we talk about, hey, they can't win at home, the defense, like you said, hasn't been perfect. They should have won the last two home games if you're just talking about the effort. The defense turned in, especially when you consider the caliber of opponent. Yeah. The Rams and the Eagles, and you you allowed a total of 40 points in those two games. Yeah. No, you're right. Um, real quick, Kyler Murray after the game said nothing about the routine has changed for the offense. No, just practicing harder. Practicing harder. Nothing, um... Nothing about the routine has changed. All right, uh, when we come back, Wolf, <laughs> Kyler, a man of, of uh, short and sweet, a few words there. Uh, it came down to the final two minutes for the Cardinals yesterday, which you would probably typically take against an undefeated team, but it did not go well. What happened in the end of game scenario for Arizona? We'll get into it next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on ninety eight seven FM, Arizona Sports Station. <laughs> Red Monday and Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Back here on the Wolf and Luke Show, live from the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center. And for all the uh, ups and downs of yesterday's game, Wolf, and there were some ups. We're not really focusing on them so much today because it led ultimately to another home loss. But there was the downs at the beginning of the game. There was the rally by the Cardinals. There was the fact, as Paul Calvisi pointed out, uh, late in the game, even after Philadelphia had come down to retake the lead 20-17, to the Cardinals were able to move right down the field. Basically, basically 50 yards from their own 25 to the opposing 26, I guess, as it turns out, uh, very quickly. But 
the sequence at the end of the game ultimately cost the Cardinals uh, a win, or at least a, sh- a shot at going to overtime. Maybe a win. Maybe they could have taken some shots at the end zone, too. They were moving the ball pretty well at that point. Here's Cliff Kingsbury afterwards talking about the fact they had to call a timeout when Jalen Thompson got hurt on that third down stop and how that uh, affected the offense afterwards. Yeah, that, that was tough. Um, he, he made a heck of a play, and, and you know you have to burn one when he's down. But uh, I thought we executed well, um, moving the ball down the field, kind of did what we wanted. Kyler used his legs. We missed the one to, to Ertz that, that would have been close. But um, yeah, that, that's both two minute drives. I thought were really effective. We just didn't didn't finish this last one. Yeah, you know, that sucked buttermilk. It did. Well, that's what's so maddening is because at, at times like that they can move the ball, but they couldn't finish. A minute yes. 45, you got no timeouts. Yeah. minute 45, bada-bing, bada-boom, right down Here the we field. Go. Here we Let's go. Let's not overthink um, it. Let's just play football. That seems to be when they're at their best. I know. It's just uh, Kyler and the offense look fantastic on that final possession. And they were desperate, and it looked like it, didn't it? You could, you could see it the way Kyler was running as well. Um, Kyler wasn't just sliding; he wasn't. Which, once again, the irony that he did slide on that one—the <laughs> worst possible time. You know, it just <laughs> it blows your mind. But again, I, I'm not trying to throw stones at Kyler Murray because he was making some great plays, and he took his team down the field and got his team in position to tie the game up. That's that's basically all you can ask at that point in time. And you missed a 43-yard field goal. So now all of a sudden the stones come out because you missed a 43-yard field goal and you lost the game. And you start looking at why did you lose the game? Well, based on the fact there was only 23 seconds left on the clock, you slid when you didn't have to slide. You should have gone head first and actually picked up the first down. And Kyler Murray obviously thought he was past the sticks already when he did slide. It was a good call by the Zebras. They nailed it. Nothing untoward whatsoever, yet then you spiked it. And it wasn't first down, and he thought it was. Yeah, he's not the only one that was uh, that thought it was a first down. This is Cliff Kingsbury yesterday, and we're going to talk to Cliff here shortly. But uh, Cliff, yesterday, he said he thought Kyler had the first down there, too. Yeah, I was right there. Um, thought he was clearly passed and they, they brought it back um, and by that time we committed to, to clocking it. 22 seconds left, you ran it there, didn't get it, we'd have a hurricane field with a new kicker um, so it was just past the point in overtime. They clearly thought it was a first down Wolf because if you're going to clock it and bring up fourth down, wouldn't you wait till like five or six seconds left anyway if you were really going, <laughs> like if, if you were intentionally doing it? Yes. Because what if you clock it he has to kick it, he makes it, and Philadelphia takes the kickback or whatever. You know, 20 seconds, probably 19, 18 seconds they would have had. It just, Philadelphia probably doesn't score in that instance, but it just is indicative of the fact that the Cardinals didn't entirely know what was going on because if your plan was to kick the field goal, if you were Nathaniel Hackett it and your whole plan the whole time was to kick the field goal, you would have run the clock down to five or six seconds. So they clearly thought he had the first down, and uh, Kyler Murray echoed that as well. He said he assumed he had the first. After the play, um, everybody screaming clock, you know, in my ear. So, assuming, yeah, I had the first down. Yeah, so that that's uh, that's what one of the callers was uh, referring to earlier where he said Kyler was just here and clocked the yeah. ball at the end of the game. Yeah. Obvious confusion, and that's not going to go your way 100% of the time in the NFL. You'd like to be in that position against an undefeated team where you have a chance to tie it or win it, but 
watching that whole game, if they had just played better earlier, they probably could have just been up in that case. That'd be nice to just be up. It'd be nice to just have a nice, easy win, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would be. How nice that would be to see, I don't know, you come out of the gate, you score a touchdown in the first quarter. That'd be kind of cool. It doesn't have to be on the first possession. you know. And and I'm not even being facetious here. I would love to see the Cardinals. That's what they did, man. You go back and you look at the 10-2 and start, and I know that feels like a a lifetime ago, Basin Orleans, and I get that. But if you go back and look at that, how many times the Arizona Cardinals were playing with a lead early on? Their offense was on fire, and it reminded you so much of Philadelphia's offense and what Philadelphia's offense has done this year in five games. They have been on fire for the most part. Now, not in the first quarter. They haven't come out. As a matter of fact, they only had one touchdown in the first quarter. Think about that. It was the second quarter. Yeah, they just, they where crush they just, you in the second oh, quarter. They crush you. Because they tend they to, light it up. to trail off in the second half. I mean, they picked it up against Jacksonville, but those first three wins, Philly just got a big lead at halftime and then kind of coasted the rest of the way. Yeah, you know, and I think that plays into the hands of their defense. That's what they want to do, and I think this is the new way to approach it as well with Kyler. I think defenses might take more chances early on in games and try to confuse the protection schemes of the Arizona Cardinals. Try to uh, confuse Kyler Murray and force a three and out, a couple of three and outs as well, right? Feeding into the narrative, knowing that the guys are going to be thinking, why in the world are we struggling to this degree? Maybe they're going to take more chances early on and then once they get a lead now start playing that cover two shell and playing a lot of zone and keeping everything in front of them and not allowing any big plays down the field to Kyla Murray and Hollywood Brown or anyone else for that matter. If this is the copycat league that everybody always says it is and the Cardinals are insisting on this being their offense, like if they are not going to blend the old and the new as much as you have said you would like them to do, if they're insisting on this being their offense then they need to be watching Philadelphia because Philadelphia basically runs their offense. And I'm going to be watching Philadelphia because if Philadelphia trails off at the end of the season the way the Cardinals did last year and teams have figured Philadelphia out by the start of next season, yeah. then that says something about that. That says something about that, that, that offensive game plan. If Philadelphia keeps it going and they can keep it going next year, then they're obviously adding pieces to it that the Cardinals, why not? Why can't you copy them and add them to yeah. Because... It is striking how much Philadelphia right now moving the football looks like the Cardinals did last September and early October. Totally. And so either we know how this story ends for Philadelphia and it's not great, or they're going to figure something out. And then if you're the Cardinals, I would be copying that 100%. So I don't have the schedule in front of me right now for the Philadelphia Eagles. Do you have it in front of you? Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out. The they don't have a ton Eagles. of tough games. Like, well, here's the thing, though. Um, look for in the division. Look for teams in the division to actually start this trend of saying, okay, you know what? We've seen you now. We understand who you are. We understand what you are. We understand what it is you're trying to do. And that's that's why. How many division games do they have left? Five. They have five. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. They so have, they've played one division opponent. They have. And they've got Dallas coming up this Sunday night. That'll be the first time against them. They'll get Washington on November 14th, but Washington's not going to do anything. Then they have the Giants to December 11th, Dallas December 24th, and the Giants again January 8th. The Giants, the team in the NFL, I cannot figure out 
<laughs> Brian Dable must be an amazing coach because they do not have well, the talent to be four and one. And yet I'm going to throw the Dallas Cowboys in that as well. You got to be kidding me! That, that, you got yeah. Cooper Rush yeah. as your your quarterback, but I at least know their defense is is decent with Micah <laughs> yeah. Parsons. No, that's true. There's there's no doubt. You're right. Still. No four and one's impressive for yeah, Dallas. You're talking too. about four and one. Um, the ultimate game manager in Cooper Rush right here. Interesting. Is there going to be a quarterback controversy with Dak Prescott? I don't think so. Cooper Rush, the name that sounded like a Gatorade flavor and now is an undefeated starting quarterback in the NFL. I want to throw this out there real quick, too, Wolf, before we get to break. Um, Kellen Olsen, our own Kellen Olsen, tweeted this out. He quote tweeted a tweet by Dwayne Rankin, who talked to DeAndre Ayton, and the quote from DA was, We talk, man. In uh, in response to Monty Williams, and then Kellen Olson went through, watched the whole video, and from pulled out another quote from Da that was quote Everything is back to normal unquote. So that's it. Right everything's there. great. That's it. Da Monty, everything's back okay, to normal. So if that's the case, why wouldn't you have had that conversation before media day? <laughs> I just want to know. Why? It had to be intentional. What? It had to be had intentional. To be in, and, yes. And if it is, yes. Because I said Why? this two weeks ago, they will clear this up before the start of the season, and they have. But you're right. Why wouldn't you have done that before media day? Why would you even let it be out there at all for any of us to know about unless it was intentional of, hey, you, if you're going to complain about this, just know I'm not going to freeze you out. I'm going to talk to you like your teammates, but I'm going to talk to you like your teammates. It's going to be different. And uh, we'll see. We'll see how that how that plays out for the Suns. They start a week from Wednesday. Coming up next, we're going to continue to react to that Cardinals loss to Philadelphia yesterday. We're going to be joined by Dave Burns of the Burns and Gambo Show for some Big Red Crosstalk. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station.